0: We are live, I believe, right now, and we have people here. Go ahead. Prove that you're people. Okay, good. That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, we are here for week two of this series, which is called For Good, in which we are talking about the the simple fact that we are called to be a force for good in the world, that we are called to do good, that we are called to to do our best, to be kind, to help people. Last week, I talked about the woman at the well and how she was a Samaritan who everyone uh, among the Jews hated. And yet Jesus came and he talked to her. And he didn't start out like throwing a Bible at her or throwing scripture or, or kicking her and saying, hey, you're wrong. He started out saying, hey, could I have some water? Because he saw her as a person, not as a number. We have just gone through a, an election in which two sides essentially see each other as numbers, see each other as opponents, see each other as the other side. And yet Jesus like, no, no, no. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what you can do. That's not what you should do. You should see them. Like I saw the Samaritan woman and you notice it in that when he talked to her, he told her what he believed. He told her what the truth was, but he didn't then keep beating her in the head. He didn't then keep arguing until she felt that he was right because he didn't need to because he loved her and he saw her again as a person. And so through that, uh, she came back around to the point and then brought other people. Had he just walked up and just been like, hey, you know what? You're wrong. You're stupid. You disagree with me. And I'm going to tell you why all of that. Uh, stay tuned after these messages. If he'd said all that, she probably would have been like, yeah, yeah. And maybe backed into it with fear, backed into it with just being afraid, with shame, whatever, but instead she was able to choose it because he loved her, because he saw her. Uh, this week, we're going to continue that theme for, for good, because the first thing in terms of doing good is to see everyone as a person, regardless of who they are. Uh, we're going to talk about no better, and I've cleverly made a title screen in which those are pictures of a lot of people around the world, not specific people, just people of all uh, ages, all sexes, all uh, nationalities, all beliefs. All whatever, like every, all different people, just different people. And at the top, it says no better. Now, the reason for the parentheses is not that I went crazy and got stuck in wingdings on word. I, it's only happened once in my life. But uh, it's because we as Christians have to know better, K-N-O-W, than being like the world. We have to know better than treating other people like they're garbage, treating other people like we hate them, hating other people, treating other people just in anger, just like as opponents, as numbers. But we also have to remember that we are no, you know, better than them. And they are no better than us. Uh, one of the things that, that we get stuck in is when, when you are a Christian, when you are right in anything, regardless, not just faith, but when you, you know that you're right, just anything, math, faith, uh, life. Uh, picking the right uh, football team, IU, who crushed Michigan, uh, anything like that. When you are right, you want other people to know that you're right, and you want other people to agree with you. And so with that mindset, and again, we see this in politics, we see this in churches, we see this in the world. With that mindset, you start by seeing people as numbers, but then you're like, well, I'm better than them. Now you don't start by thinking it. Most people who who see someone on the uh, see someone that they disagree with, see someone who uh, they know is wrong, see someone's post, see someone uh, with a different team, see someone whatever with a different faith. They see someone different. They don't start by saying, "Well, I'm better than them." But the way that they talk to them, the way that they talk about them, the way that they act around them is showing that you think you're better than them. And Christians get caught up in this more than almost anyone, maybe more than anyone, because we believe strongly in our faith, in our salvation, and it's vital and it's important and it's... it's the most important thing to us, and because of that belief, because we know how good it is, because we know how important it is, we go around, and we go from thinking, man, you know, I'm blessed, hashtag blessed, to thinking, yeah, you know what, they're not, or they're not as good as me, or they haven't chosen, and you start by thinking, you know what, I want to love them, and you're like, they didn't, they disagreed with me, they cut me off, they uh, don't like the same things I do, so they're out of here, And, and you start thinking, I'm better than them, But again, you never say it, but you start thinking it. Uh, And so I want to talk tonight from Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Uh, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. I want to start here. This is the calling of Levi, who is Matthew, the, the disciple. And he was a tax collector. Now, you've probably heard this if you've been in church before or if you've been around your parents at tax time. Uh, people hate tax collectors. Like, literally, they hate. They, they get this this stress. Uh, I got a letter from the IRS recently, and it's just like you have this. It was, It ended up good. But you have this, like feeling in the pit of your stomach of just like oh no and so that carries over to hate and back then it was the same now back then uh more so they they would cheat they would rob they would steal they would do all of these things because they were told by rome or by by the pharisees whoever they would report to at the time uh that they could do whatever as long as they brought them their take and so it was you know very much more corrupt there weren't the same situations with banks with internet banking with all of these different things we can do And, and so they were hated And so Jesus, just like with the woman at the well, walks up to the tax collector and says, you know what? The world hates you and they see you as different. Again, just like the Samaritan woman walks up to the tax collector and he says, hey, be one of my disciples. Now, uh, Levi immediately, Matthew immediately gets up and follows him. But in his heart, he had to feel like, wow. Most of the people that walk by me, they just yell at me. They say, hey, you stole my money, or they talk behind my back, or they make fun of me, or they throw things at me, or they spit at me. And this guy came up to me and saw me. And so that's why he immediately got up and followed Jesus, because he saw him. And again, Jesus shows us that people are more than a number. People are more than a profession. People are more than a gender. People are more than a belief. People are more than a political party. People are more than anything. People are people. They are souls. They are humans. And so Jesus saw that and he called him and he called the outcasts and he called the losers and he called the people that people hated because he was hated and because he understood that we need to know that we have value. And so that's what he did. And then Matthew followed him. And then we're going to go to the next part. Uh, Later, Levi had a banquet at his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Uh, many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Now, here is where we see uh, the wrong way to be. So you have Jesus who sees people as people. And so he calls the tax collector and he says, hey, be my disciple. I believe in you. I know that there is good in you. I know that you can do the right thing. And then you have the Pharisees who are supposed to be the, the role models. They're supposed to be the religious leaders, they're supposed to tell people not only how to get to heaven, but how to treat each other. And that's what their whole role was. That's who they are. Uh, And and when they started being Pharisees, when they worked through, and it took a lot of work because you had to memorize all of Scripture. Now, you know, obviously the New Testament didn't exist yet. It was being written uh, through Jesus' actions, but they had to memorize the first five books, and then they had to memorize the rest, and they had to memorize all of Scripture, and people had to come to them. But when they started, when the Pharisees started, and again, as, as Through the church now, uh, all of the churches, we kind of look at them as villains because of what happened with Jesus. Uh, But when they first started, not a one of them thought, you know what? I'm going to treat people like garbage. You know, I'm going to tell people that they're scum. No, no, no. They thought, wow, you know what? I've done it. And God blessed me with this opportunity to minister. Now, the Jewish faith is different in terms of it's not evangelical, where they're not necessarily looking for people to convert to it. But still, it talks about treating other people differently and better. And so the Pharisees, they're like, oh, you know what? We're going to be a difference. We're going to to learn from Moses and we're going to to learn from Elijah and and from all of the prophets. And we're going to look at what Jeremiah did. And we're going to look at all of these people that have gone before us and our wonderful heritage from Abraham. And we're going to just show people who God is. And so they go out there and they show people who God is. And then somebody comes up and says, you know what? I don't agree with you. And so at first, they're like, yeah, it's okay, you know, I I still will pray for you. Or I still, you know, believe that hopefully someday you will come and see the truth or whatever. And then, you know, the next day somebody else does it. Or the next day, they're like, wow, that person over there, they just said I'm their hero. Like, they want to be like me. They didn't say they want to be like Jesus. They didn't say they want to be like Mike. They didn't say they want to be like anybody. They're like, I want to be like you. And so they started to get a little full of themselves. And they started to think, ah, you know what, I can do whatever I want, I'm a Pharisee. And so then it went from, I want to help people, I want to talk to people, to, you know what, I want people to recognize that I'm in charge, to recognize that I'm a Pharisee, to recognize this power. And then that went to, yeah, I'm better than these people. I'm way better than these people. And so you get to this part where actual Pharisees, like actual leaders of a religion, are saying those people are scum. Now, I... I, I would hope that there are no pastors today anywhere that would say this, but I think sometimes as Christians, we think this. Sometimes as Christians, we see people that we disagree with. We see people that even do the wrong thing, that even deserve to, to be told that they're wrong. And we're like, yeah, you know what? They're scum, like they're, they're junk, like they're garbage, they're gross, they're stupid. I, don't know I went all over the place in terms of which is worse and which is bad but I don't care about them and again you don't necessarily consciously think these things the pharisees never consciously thought you know what I'm going to get to the point that I am so powerful and so rich and so above people that I'm just not going to care about anybody but myself it just happened because it's a steady thing because they started by saying you know what I know better than them and then they started going and they're like I'm right all the time and then it started going and they're like hey you know they're wrong all the time And then it's like, oh, they're never going to be like me. As Christians, we're not in the same positions as the Pharisees, obviously, in terms of having that power. But we can get so caught up in knowing who we are, in knowing who we serve, in knowing and believing in our bones that we're right, that we start with, you know what? I'm going to love everybody. You know what? I'm going to treat everybody like I want to be treated. And we go out and we start to do that. And then somebody makes fun of us. Or we ask somebody to church and they're like, no, I'm not going to go there. And then we, you know, we, we ask somebody, hey, you know, let's be friends, which I guess is a weird thing to ask. And that's why I don't have any friends, but whatever. And it's like, and then they're like, no. And they spit at you. Or, you know, somebody asked you to do something that you know is wrong. And you're like, I, I can't do that. You're like, you're so stupid. Like, you're junk. Get out of here. And they make fun of you. They hurt your feelings. And so you go from, I'm going to love everybody. And then, you know, as the hurt piles up, as the disappointment piles up, as the discouragement piles up, you start to think, yeah, you know what? Thank goodness for my my youth group. Thank goodness for my Christian French, which is a very good thing to think. Thank goodness for my church. And then that goes to, you know what? I'm glad they don't come here. I'm glad that they don't have what I have. And then it goes to, you know what? They think that they're as good as me. They're talking to me. I'm better than them. And then it goes to those people. Those people are scum. Again, I'm not going to go deep into the election, but we have two sides of the country basically right now saying the same negative things about each other. Just constantly. And it's not just during the election. It's all along. And this is why I get tired of politics and why I get tired of Facebook and why I get tired of the capital C church in the world sometimes because we get so caught up in this stuff. Instead of saying, I'm a a Jesus follower, or I'm a Christian, or I love you, we say, well, I'm a Republican, or I'm a Democrat, or I'm a, I guess those are the only two choices in America, really. And it's like, I'm this. One of the things that I saw, and I talked about this last week, uh, I've noticed more and more as I've gotten older, and part of this is that I'm able to see slightly more because I'm taller. Barely, but I'm still taller. I'm taller than Beatrice. And so... Uh, And so I've noticed more and more that people identify more with a political candidate than they do with Jesus. They identify more with a political party than than they do with with Christ. They identify more with a news station than they do with the Bible. And, And so because of that, they surround themselves with people that think the same. They surround themselves with people that watch that same news station and feel that same fear and have those same worries. And they fill their lives with that. They follow those people on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram. So everything that comes in is just what you want to see. And then when you see someone that believes or thinks differently, you say, what? They're wrong. Like, they're so stupid. And I've said this before, and I'll say this again. People that disagree with you, they don't do it just to take you off. I mean, maybe sometimes... They do if they're your friends or they're a bully or whatever. But, you know, by and large, people don't disagree. They don't wake up and be like, you know what? In 12 years, I'm going to have this view just to tick off Jenna or just to tick off Nate or just to make Terry crazy. Make him rip his hair out. That only works if you know who Terry is, but still, it's funny. They don't think that. They think, this is what I believe, and they go forward. And yet, because we surround ourselves sometimes, and this is different from having Christian friends. This is like your entire worldview is cut into this one way of thinking. You're like, well, they're against me. And again, you like the Pharisees go, scum. Because the Pharisees started out among the people, and then they just had little Pharisee clubs. They had little Pharisee scouts. And instead of going to Boy Scouts and becoming an Eagle Scout, you went to Pharisee scouts and you became a Pharisee scout. I guess that doesn't work. But they just kept surrounding themselves with themselves, with what they thought, with how they felt. And so when they saw someone like Jesus, like, whoa, he thinks we should love everybody. Like, he thinks we should treat people like, like they want to be treated, like we should want to be treated. He talks to a tax collector. He goes to dinner at a tax collector's house. He's scum too. And again, we look at this story. And everyone who is listening to me, whether you're online or in person, you're thinking, well, that's, that's insane, like a religious leader calling somebody else scum? That's wrong. How many times in the past week, in the past month, in the past year, in the past your lifetime, have you looked at someone different from you for whatever reason, whether it's belief, thought, gender, uh, hairstyle, the fact that they like something disgusting like Purdue, like whatever, and you've looked at them and you've thought, They're stupid. They're an idiot. They're a moron. I don't like them. Now, there's a difference between not liking and hate. I get that. But it's all a a, a downhill slope. How many times have you looked on some social media or or somewhere at school, and and you've seen someone or heard someone just disagree, have the completely opposite view, and you've thought, yeah. I, I can't stand them. They're scum. Now, I'm not saying, you know, everybody's truth is everybody's truth. I'm not saying every viewpoint is valid. Uh, there are some things that we have to hold to heart. There are some things, if you see racism or sexism or something where people are being hurt, you see something where people are just actively being bullied or, or, or hurt, you can't say, oh, that bully, he can do whatever he wants. It's not what I'm saying. Now, you also don't walk up and hit him in the face with a Bible and say, listen, this is why you're stupid, because it's going to be trouble for it. <laughs> And it's also not doing any good. But people are people. And this tax collector, who everybody would have agreed with the Pharisees on, he was a person. And so he became a disciple because Jesus saw him as a person. And then as a disciple, he wrote a gospel about Jesus. He was called, and Matthew is one of the most popular of the four gospels because it ties in the messianic prophecies. And it's so cool to see. And that's because Jesus gave him a chance because he saw value, because he saw who he was, because he loved him, because he knew that all those Pharisees who think they're better than him, they're not. But he also didn't think Matthew was better than them. Now, Matthew did better things and Matthew did good. And he knew that he wasn't better, but he knew that he could serve Jesus in a great way and he could do good there. Last part of the scripture, Uh, Jesus answered them. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. That is a huge statement for Christianity. Because in every church, there comes a time, every church, there comes a time where you have to start making a decision. Like, is this the church we're always going to have? Or Are we going to do what we need to do to bring in new people? Because I got to tell you, it's, it's an easy argument either way. Now, the right thing is obviously to always bring in more people and always be willing to, to uh, I, don't, I don't, when I say change with times, I don't mean change the Bible. I mean, recognize that, that if you go out in a suit and tie just like you did in 1856, like it's, and have that same message with the King James or whatever, it's going to be different. Now, there's a place for that. And there are churches for that. And, and that's not, nothing wrong either. But I'm saying if you look how your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, how... Past, past, past generations, people change, generations change, the Bible does not change, the message does not change, but the way that we love each other has to, we have to recognize that we love everyone. And so when Jesus says, healthy people don't need a doctor, he's not saying those churches that that are like, hey, you know, we're together and we don't have many people, but, but we do the same thing and we're trying and we do good. He's not saying, oh, they're no good. He's not saying that the mega churches, the big churches, they're better than the small churches. He's not saying that. He's not saying that that, that these Christians who have reached 50 people in a year are better than these Christians who have only talked to one person. He's not saying any of that. He's saying healthy people are already healthy. If you're a Christian, you're already a Christian. And he's not saying get out of the church. He's not saying stop being a Christian. He's saying, hey, recognize what you have and have this hope that other people have it too. Because sick people need a doctor. Now, this is not a good testifying tactic. If you go up to one of your friends and you're like, hey, you don't go to church. You're sick. That's not what I'm saying. When he says sick people need a doctor, he's like, I'm calling people who recognize that they are not perfect, who recognize that they are not better than anyone else, who recognize that they need God, that they need love, that they need hope, and that they admit it. I'm not going to the Pharisees who say that they have everything. You see, in Christianity, as a Christian, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to have everything. You're never going to know everything. You're never going to to be without temptation. We will always need Jesus, but some people throughout time, and again, I'm picking on the Pharisees. It happens. Some people like that are like, hey, I've arrived. I worked hard and I did everything I could and now I'm better than everybody else. What the world sees of the church right now, the capital C Church, that means all of it, is they see people who are acting exactly like everyone else. I'm talking about what you see on the news, what you see in person, what you see on Facebook. See people who are talking negatively about everyone, just like everybody else is. You see people, and you're like, oh, well, I know who they voted for. I have no idea who they serve or if they go to church. You see people, and that's what the world sees. And you're like, wow, they think they're better than me. Now, if you knew someone who actively acted like they were better than you and actively said how smart they were and how much more they know than you and and, and just how much more they've done than you and how much you need them, are you going to like go to them and be like, hey, tell me about Jesus? No, you're going to be like, "Ah, I can't stand that person like this. If that's what Christians are like, what am I going to do? Jesus said, hey, love everyone. Show everyone who I am. Show everyone that, that we are here together. And here's the kicker. There were people that turned down Jesus. Now, that's insane to us. But there were people who he would talk to in groups, and they would say, Yeah, that's not for me. And he did not then pop on to Facebook of the day, so Bible book, which and then type up like this really mean letter, like, yeah, this person. They think they know everything, but you know, they suck. He didn't do that. He'd never do that, he'd never say that. He said, Ah, you know what? I love you, and I really hope you get this. And then he said in a non-judgmental way, I'm praying for you. Not a violent, not a threat. And then he moved on and he talked to more people. There are absolutely going to be people that don't respect your faith. They don't respect you. They don't respect what you think, what you believe. And you can't make them. But to be a Christian, to be a good person, to do good means to understand that that does not define you either. That whether or not somebody thinks you're right, whether or not somebody thinks you're good, whether or not somebody thinks that you're valuable, it means nothing. Now, I get that and believe me, I feel that. But to think that you are better than other people just because you have this blessing, it's not helping anybody. What the world, as I said, sees right now is a bunch of Christians who are out publicly doing this. Now, I've said this a bunch before, but a lot of what has happened in the world, in the history of the world, generations have messed things up. They've not treated people with love. They've not recognized what Jesus would do in a situation. They've not shown Jesus. They've not you know, really seen people not as a number. They see them as a number, as an opponent. Not everybody at all. There are millions of good Christians throughout time, obviously. Wonderful churches that do a lot but the generations tend to mess it up and then it falls on you guys. And you guys, you have a really steep climb because we have to show people that yes, Jesus is true and He's right and He's the way and He is the life. But also, I love you even if you say no. I love you even if you turn away from me. And that's what Jesus did. And that's who we are and that's how you can know better. Because again, we are no better than anyone else. They're no better than us. But as Christians, Jesus taught us to know better. And I've just realized that's getting confusing. Jesus taught us to know better. To do better. To do good. To help others. To love others. To love God. And to show that to everyone. Right now, there are a lot of people hurting for a lot of different reasons. And it's very tempting sometimes to be like, oh, I told you so. Well, you got what you deserved. Especially if that person's been a jerk to you. But can you imagine Jesus going up to the Pharisees? And be like, yeah, I told you so. He didn't. In fact, in John 3, he talked to a Pharisee, Nicodemus, about faith, about salvation. He didn't say, oh, you've been trashing me, or you and your friends have been coming after me. He said, I love you, and here's why. Called a tax collector, where everybody else hated. He saw value. So do your best to be like Jesus. Recognize that we are called to do good in this world. To live as if we're right, not to prove that we're right. To live as if we know the answers. Not to force them down everybody's throat. We are here to be that example. And absolutely, there will be times to witness and times to testify. True. True. But to see people as people and to recognize, like Jesus did, oh, that person that everybody hates, like, they're a person. And to stand up and to say, you know what, I'm not better than them. I I may have a better life, I've made better choices, but, but we can do this. And I can show them love even if they hate me. I can show them love even if it just means not hating them back. That's what we are called to do. That's who we are, and that's who we must be going forward. That's all I got.